thank you for tuning in to the Fires of Revival podcast. It is my prayer that you are helped by the weekly ministry conversations and expositional teachings through Key Bible Passages. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast. And now for the episode. For today's episode, I am super excited to introduce to you uh, this week's guest. I know we've taken several weeks off doing some other recordings, but we are back to our guest format. And today I'll be interviewing Dr. Al Stone. He is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada, which he's going to be explaining to us what that ministry is here over the next few minutes and just talking about the ministry God's given him. But thank you again for uh, coming on, Brother Stone. As an introductory question that I ask every guest, could you share with us your salvation testimony? Absolutely. Brother Prater, thank you so much for asking me to do this. I am honored that you would do so. Uh, I will tell you that I got saved at the age of nine, and my parents had gotten saved as kids and got away from the Lord in their teenage years, got back together with the things of the Lord when they got married. And when they had had my sister and I, they knew that they should dedicate us to the things of Christ. And so they did that when we were just a a year old and um, got away from the Lord again. And I had an uncle who was a great man, great soul winner, great passion. And he um, took us to Sunday school. And through Sunday school, we heard about Jesus Christ. And uh, at the age of nine, uh, my pastor, Dr. Harry Strachan, made a visit on my grandmother who was visiting the church. My parents had decided that they'd go back to church. My dad got convicted about you know, not raising us in the things of the Lord. My grandmother had started attending with them. And my pastor made a visit on a Thursday night. And by, you know, the chance of God, I was at my grandmother's house. And I was spending the weekend with her. And he came over with my Uncle Ray, and they introduced us to Jesus Christ. And my grandma and I were gloriously saved. I was nine, and she was in her 50s. And... Um, that was that was it. I mean, I, I got saved, and I got saved. I knew I was saved. I was glad I was saved. I told people immediately that I was saved. And two weeks later, it was two weeks before Easter, and on that Easter Sunday, uh, I was baptized. And my pastor said, now, when you, when you get baptized, make sure you let people know you're saved by saying yes or amen. And uh, so he said, Alan Stone, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And as a you know, as a nine-year-old boy, amen, as loud as I could. And uh, the church knew well that Al Stone was, uh, was alive and well in Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. Now, building off of that question, could you share with us your call to ministry experience, call to preach, uh, just filling us in on that? Sure. Uh, so my pastor, Dr. Strachan, who was a great man. He was, uh, he was a salesman before he started pastoring. He worked for Heinz 57. He sold ketchup to restaurants and vinegar and different products. They had pickles and all that kind of stuff. And so he was a great salesman and he was adamant about soul winning and about people hearing great preaching that would promote winning people to the lost. And so we got in a bus as a church, the first independent Fundamental Baptist Church in Canada was my home church, Bethel Baptist Church in Simcoe, Ontario. Small little community, about 8,000 people. And uh, we loaded up a bus one night and headed to Cheektowaga, New York. And there I heard some incredible preaching as a young man, 12 years old. And the call was to come forward and simply tell the Lord 
that you were available. Not that you were going to preach or pastor or anything else. Just come and tell the Lord you're available. And I did that. And I was broken. As a 12-year-old kid, I, I remember crying at the altar saying, God, I don't think I'm capable. I, I don't think I'm worthy. But if you'll use me, I, I'm available. And I knew very quickly that the Lord was going to use me somehow. I went to school uh, just, I think, the next week. And my teacher, grade six, I'm in grade six, 12-year-old boy, and my teacher says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the other students said doctors, nurses, lawyers, you know, policemen, firemen, you know, the kids things kids always say. And um, I, I said, I'm going to be a minister. I'm going to be a preacher. And a lot of them had no idea what I was talking about, didn't understand what I was talking about. But uh, I tried to tell them as best I could that I was going to preach the word of God. And I think my teacher was a taken was taken a little back by that. And so I uh, I knew very early on, and then through you know my next years of uh, junior high school and high school, every class I could choose to take, I took with this in mind that I was going to be in the ministry. So I took keyboarding, I took music, I took theater of arts, so I could learn how to project my voice and you know get stage presence. Uh, I took an auto mechanics class so I could fix the church bus. I took a drafting class so I could draw church plans if need be. All of those things with this in mind that I was going to be in the ministry. And by the time I got to 16, I, I really thought I'd be a youth pastor, but it wasn't very long after that the Lord really got my heart about pastoring. And so I gave my life over to the pastorate and uh, headed in that direction and became a pastor. As we said in the beginning of the episode, you are the general director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada. So could you share with us how the Lord opened the door for you to begin serving at that role that you have been for these last several years? Sure. Well, Bearing Precious Seed Canada, a lot of folks confuse us with Bearing Precious Seed in Milford, Ohio, which is a sister uh, ministry. We work with them in that we get signature portions from them. Uh, in fact, we've gotten 10 and a half million signature portions from them. And uh, probably more than that, I would say, probably closer to 11 million with all that we've done. But Bearing Precious Seeds started out as a ministry that would provide John and Romans and Bibles to missionaries and churches and anybody that could use them. And we serviced about eight different countries before God really laid on our hearts about reaching our own nation with the gospel. And we don't have a lot of churches in Canada, about 320 churches. The average size is about 60 people. And uh, we thought, how are we going to reach our nation? How are we going to do it with so few churches? And we thought, well, if we could get a John of Romans in every home in Canada. And Dr. Charles Keene came to our church and at a missions conference urged us to try and reach our nation with the gospel. I had some printing background and knew how to run a press. We had a printing press in our church. I was printing for other churches, letterhead and envelopes and business cards and all that kind of stuff. And he said, you ought to be printing the word of God. And I said, well, Dr. Keene, there's, there's no way in the world our church could ever afford to do that. And he said, if you Brother Stone will take the task reaching this nation with the gospel. You will never lack God's supply. And we thought, well, with the churches we've got and how small they are, how in the world are we going to do that? Well, we just left it to the Lord. Uh, we were all set to build a new building. We were going to, um, we had some money set aside and we were all set to do it. And God laid this thing on our hearts. And man, we went at it. And we just started printing John of Romans and anybody that wanted them could get them in Canada. And a lot of our churches said, we will try to do 
our neighborhood. We'll try to do our area. And we did about a million and a half, two million John Romans by hand throughout the country. And then we thought, how in the world are we going to reach beyond that? And we contacted the Postal Service, and they helped us begin a mailing program of those John Romans. So it was a, it was an incredible start. It was a humble start, and God has allowed us to see some great things happen. So most of our listeners are from the United States, so I dare say very few of them have been to Canada. So most don't listening, at least don't know much about Canada outside that it snows a lot and things. So could you share with us what Canada is like uh, spiritually, and then how can we better pray for Canada? Absolutely. Well, I will tell you this that. Um, the project that we undertook in reaching our nation, we we changed the name of it for the United States because a lot of people confused us with uh, the Bering Parish Steve Milford. So we called it the Canadian Gospel Project. And Colton, I'll tell you that we have reached 10.5 million of the 14.5 million homes here in Canada. We have just 4 million homes left, and we will have reached our nation with the gospel. And as far as I know, we will be the first nation in history to have done that. And if, if your listeners would help us by praying, number one, and number two, um, in reaching the last four million homes, we're going to reach Quebec and New Brunswick, our two bilingual provinces. And in order to do that, we've, we've got the Seedline Ministry from Milford that are going to help us by doing a large portion of the last four million John Romans through their Seedline Ministry. So they'll, they'll have folks that will purchase the materials and put them together, ship them to us, and then we're responsible for the mailing. And I've got to raise in the next two years, we hope in two years, about $650,000. And that seems like a lot of money. But if we could get 650 churches to give $1,000, we'll have reached that goal. And I will tell you this, that there are more churches in Jacksonville, Florida area than there are in the entire country of Canada. There are twice as many churches in the state of Ohio than are in Canada. So Canada is this. We are a, a mix of both French and English, uh, predominantly English. Not everybody speaks French. None of us live in igloos. Um, we have a very progressive country. And I will tell you that Canada is the ninth wealthiest country in the world. And we have an abundance of resources. We have natural gas. We have oil that we wanted to pump to the United States, but somebody put the brakes on that. Um, we have lumber. We have gold. We have uranium. We have you know rare earth materials. We, we've got land. We're the second largest land mass in the world. And all of those things are a great blessing, but at the same time, it's a bit of a curse because our country is so vast, it is so large and so spaced out. I can I can get in an airplane today from where I live in St. Thomas. I'm, a, I'm right in between Buffalo and Detroit, right on Lake Erie. Uh, I'm two hours from Detroit, two hours from Buffalo, and I'm an hour and a half from an airport in Toronto. And I can get on an airplane and fly to London, England, and be there quicker and cheaper than if I wanted to fly to the west coast of Canada because it's that much farther away. So huge country. We have uh, 307 independent Baptist churches. We have 30 without a pastor right now. We have about 150 to 180 guys my age, I'm 59 and older, that are pastoring right now and will retire in the next five to 10 years. And Colton, I hate to tell you, but we have less than 20 young men right now studying for the ministry of Jesus Christ from Canada. 
we're in serious trouble, serious trouble. And for those that would listen to your podcast, I would beg them to consider Canada as a mission field. We speak the same language. We have the same dollar currency. Uh, we have, uh, you know, similar politics. It's a little different, but similar politics, all those things. But we are a different nation with a completely different philosophy of, uh, I would say, day-to-day life. And people that come to this country and minister, if they can catch hold of that, do very, very well. And those that don't, sadly, fail. And uh, we have men here that would be willing to work with someone and help someone uh, to, to train them and teach them the culture of Canada and help them be very successful here. So we are in a desperate state as far as uh, spiritually goes. Financially, we're doing very well. Um, physically, we have everything you could want and more for the better part. Uh, really, with our social programs, we're a very socialistic country, you know that. But with our social programs, there is nobody here that has to be hungry. There is nobody here that has to live on a street. Um, those are choices that people make here most times. So there are a lot of good things here, but there are some troubling things here. We are, we are in desperate need spiritually. We're, we're suffering a famine spiritually. Um, other than that, doing well. Now, changing gears a little bit, let's rewind back to the beginning of your ministry. As you said, you've been serving for many, many years. So could you, let's, let's think back here to the very beginning. What would you say is maybe one piece of spiritual advice that you wish you knew when you started out in ministry? I know this is a harder question, a loaded one, but I know there's probably many things you could say, but maybe if you could just choose one thing you wish you knew when you started out in ministry, what would that be and why? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so I've been. Uh, I, I will finish this year my 39th year of ministry. Uh, 2023 will start my 40th year in the ministry. I pastored for 30 years. I worked for four and a half years at the Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio, under my father-in-law, Dr. Roy Thompson, which was an invaluable opportunity. I mean, it was just, oh man, that helped me so much. And then the last four years, I've been traveling full time uh, in evangelism. Um, doing all kinds of evangelistic meetings, while at the same time, as the general director of Bearing Precious Seed, I have been promoting that program. And I'll let you know this, for those of you in America, um, I have started an assistance program from here with the American Gospel Project, uh, started by uh, Brother Andrew Stensis out of Eaton, Ohio. Uh, We'll be working hand-in-hand with them, and I will be traveling and supporting and promoting that. And we will be working here to join that as well as we finish up here. So got that. So spiritual advice, uh, boy, hmm, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, and it's hard. It until you get into the ministry, and and you actually live it. It's really hard to get this. And I and I had people tell me this, and I knew it, but you don't get it until you experience it. That. When I got in the ministry, I thought everybody was going to love me. I thought everybody saw that I wanted to help them. I thought everybody would understand that every decision I made was for their betterment and for their good. And you know what? People just don't see it that way. And that hurts. I just talked to a pastor friend this week who just went through a very troubling, very hurtful time. People left him. People um, tried to discredit him. And, and, I, and I don't want to 
scare people off of the ministry because you know what? There are people that work at Ford Motor Company that suffer the same thing. And there are people that work at IBM and there are people that work at Taco Bell and there are people that work at Chick-fil-A. I'm sure that all suffer people problems, but you just, you're never prepared for the hurt because you think, well, different than Ford or, you know, those big companies, I'm trying to help people's souls. I'm trying to help their family. And sadly, sometimes the flesh gets in the way. And I wish I could have been better prepared for that. I, I probably wouldn't change anything of my life or my ministry. I just wish I could have been better prepared for that and would have been able to go on and just say, you know what, that's just the way it is. And people are people. I'm not going to take it personal. And I'm just going to serve Christ. If I could have done that, I would have saved some some time of of discouragement and hurt and all those other things. But at the same time, I think those things made me a better preacher. I think they made me a better man. And I think they made me walk closer to the Lord. So though I didn't like it, they did help me. And now to our final question. I ask this to every guest that comes on, and I'm always excited to hear their answers, love hearing the different verses they give. So could you share with us what your life verse is and why? Yes. Um, my my life verse is 1 Thessalonians 2.4, talking about being put in trust with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, at, at an early point in my life, realized that I held in my hands the Word of God, and I realized that that was precious. And I realized it was everything that every person in this world needs. And it came into play very heavily when we started bearing Precious Seed Canada, realizing that God put into our trust, into our hands, the Word of God to promote it to the nations. And I know there are other denominations, and I know there are other church groups that declare the Word of God as well. But as independent Baptists, I believe it is a mainstay for all of us that we understand that if no one else in this world were given that task, we would take that task and we would live that task. And I believe through print ministries like ours and others, um, a large portion of the world has received the Word of God, and many times in their own language, uh, either through tracts or John and Romans or whole Bibles. We have done very well at trying to reach nations with the gospel. And I'm, I'm excited that we're seeing that accomplished in our nation, and I'm, I'm glad to see that we're starting in the United States. Um, the, there's a church in Beckley, West Virginia, Bible Baptist Church, is working right now to complete the entire state of West Virginia with the John and Romans. And that was in part because I went to their church, told them what we were doing, and I said, if we can do that in Canada, surely you could do that here in the United States. And they took that charge. And they took it to task. And we have about 15 churches right now that have been influenced by our ministry that are trying to do the same thing in the United States and other countries. I know there's a young man that would like to reach Australia with the gospel. So that life verse has really, I loved it. I used it, but it's become me and, and my whole focus in life. Again, Brother Stone, thank you so much for coming on. This episode has been a huge help to me. I've learned a lot, have been challenged, encouraged, saw some things that I need to work on, things that I need to begin doing in my life. And thank you so much. Uh, this helped me to pray better for Canada. I'm sure it's the same with the listeners. I know it's been a blessing to them. 
Uh, if you could just close us out in a word of prayer, uh, that would be great. I, I will. Thank you so much. Let me say this too. If if I can be a help to anyone who's listening, you can contact me through alstone.ca for Canada, alstone.ca, uh, Bearing Precious Seed Canada, uh, bpscanada.org. Um, my email is dralstone at gmail.com. I would love to be a help to you, and I would encourage you to, uh, if nothing else, go to my site. You'll be able to see what we're doing, find out who I am a little bit and what we're trying to do. I would love to have you do that and be a part of that. And, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Let's let's go ahead and pray, and uh, thank you again for this opportunity. Heavenly Father, thank you again for the privilege of sharing um, what you've laid on not only my heart, but the heart of the people of the Bible Baptist Church here in St. Thomas, other churches across our nation here in the United States. Father, I do pray for our country tonight of Canada. Father, we have a very liberal, liberal nation and a very conservative message, and those things don't mix. We have a leadership tonight that is a wicked leadership, a man who wants nothing to do with God, wants nothing to, to do with God in our parliament, um, in our schools, in our public address. And God, I pray that you would move upon our nation in our next election to remove that man from office. And God, we know that you set up kings and takes them down. And Father, our prayer tonight is that you would do that and put someone in office who would understand the values of your word. Father, I pray for our friends in the United States who've just come through an election and will face one here in the next little bit. I pray again that you would put someone into leadership there that would allow us an easier path to revival. And God, we know that revival doesn't often come in good times. It comes in the desperate times. But Father, I pray that the doors would be open for us to be able to preach your word and, and to do it freely. And Father, I pray that you would bless this program. Thank you for the Praetor and for him uh, asking me to come on. And Father, I pray that you bless the efforts of this. We love you tonight and we thank you for the privilege of serving you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.